Howdy, folks, and welcome to Not Culture, the podcast about everything but culture. I'm your host, Godfrey Minkaptigal, joined by my co-host and amateur reviewer, Daniel Levi, as well as our friend in the corner who's playing The Witcher 3 on my Switch, Graham Inui. Hi, Graham. He, he's not mic'd up right now, but he, he's going to jump in later on once we burn past the news and what we've been up to this week. All right. Man. Let's uh, uh, let's just start this off by saying hello, Daniel. It's good to be back. Yes, it is very it is very good to be back. How long has it been since the last episode again? Let me do a quick notion was, check. This was prior to your trip up to Hagen. Way prior. Yeah. The last thing we, we had a discussion on. Oh wow. The last time we updated an episode was May twenty fourth. We literally missed an entire month. Oh goodness. I am I how we managed to get an interview with Digicel, I have no idea. Oh yeah, that happened. Wow, is it getting warm in here? Boy, it's been a while. <laughs> what have you been up to, my friend and co-host Daniel? Uh, I've been pretty busy. I guess I'd say the past month has been busy. I think we said last time Godfrey and I are now co-workers. Mm-hmm. So we both work for NewNet. And uh, yeah, no, it's been fairly busy. I myself have been learning a lot of skills to do with, you know, with the job and like uh, video editing, mm. amongst other things. And uh, yeah, that's been like the main bulk of uh, what's been keeping me busy for the past month. Nice. And also I have been uh, dabbling into uh, 3D animation, just starting that out now with Blender, which is a free open source uh, 3D animating software. And so, yeah, anybody can have a go at it. There's tons of tutorials online. I'm mainly learning it because uh, when it comes to, like, what I'm learning with 2D animation, uh, Blender will assist with compositing the shot so I can separate characters as, like, different elements in the same shot. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to physically draw them in the space. I can literally set them in the 3D space with Blender using 2D elements. And you can set up something like a, say, virtual camera and yeah, then yeah. play around with that? That's how it works. There's a virtual camera I can do tracking in, nice. the, in the system. So, yeah, it's been fairly, it's quite the learning curve, but I am getting there. Nice. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping to use Blender for. That's excellent. So what can you do now? Like, what's the, what's the bare minimum of what you can do? Oh, As of right now, I can create 2D elements in Blender. I know how to export. I haven't gone down to animating or puppetry. And uh, yeah, I've been very busy and yeah, just keeping myself busy for this past, past month. And that's what I've been up to. Nice, nice. Oh, that's excellent. At least you've been keeping yourself occupied. Man, I'd say that I've been doing the exact same thing. Keeping occupied because I've been... <laughs> Quite, quite busy um, in the last month. Let's see. Okay, so first I had that 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 trip to Hagen. Obviously, I'm back. How was it? Can you talk a bit about it? I mean, oh. it's been a month since you came back. Can maybe say something? It hasn't been a month since I came back, has it? It has been a month since I came back. It's weird. It doesn't feel like it's been a month. I feel like I, it, like I can say unironically, it's one of those things where I feel like I just went up like last week, and it's. It was incredibly pleasant. I can't wait to go, like, back there. It was nice and cold, and I finally found a place where I can wear all my jackets in a practical sense. And the jacket that I had had so many pockets, and I bought gloves for myself. I bought, like, a bunch of hats. And people were giving me so many hats, because, like, every school we went to had hats. But I... Wait, jeez, that's, that's the thing. I didn't really explain to everyone what uh, I was doing in Hagen, so... I, attached to my day job, NewNet, went up to 
basically we touched down in Mount Hagen and we kind of used it as like the hub of everything but we went to all the districts across the western highlands to install computers with the new net box like attached to them into 20 different schools all across the western highlands and it was great i took a whole bunch of footage um pretty much making a a, a little documentary which is giving me so much anxiety but it was it was just such a nice thing to experience we were staying on mount kuta which is like next to rondon ridge and it's basically like a mountain outside of the town and we were staying on top of it and it was amazing at some points in the night like i think one of the earlier nights that i spent there the moon wasn't out yet and at some points when it was cloudy it would get completely dark outside completely dark and when i would look up sometimes a few stars would show up and that would kind kind of give me anxiety because for some reason i felt as if i was like on the bottom of the ocean looking up into lights that were coming up off the surface it was scary but also incredibly beautiful so that's why whenever i went outside i tried not to look up because then i just get like i don't know some anxiety or reverse vertigo if that's a thing like it was it was my first time to see mount hagen properly because the first two times that i went there uh it was just for work and i stayed at the highlander which is kind of boring compared to the rest of the place it was it was lovely but i'm glad i got to see the place glad i got to eat cow meat at tega and i got to have chips at like everywhere we went to and the coffee yeah we're getting to that daniel i'm pretty sure that that visit to mount hagen has made me a coffee drinker again because beforehand i i'd I'd never drank coffee i hadn't drank coffee for like a year or so or two years then now it's like all i'm doing is drinking every coffee in mosby city to find a place that sells coffee remotely as good as the one kina two kina coffee i would find on the street at hagen maybe this is why i don't really talk about it that much cuz this talking about the place makes me sad because i'm not there <sighs> i mean you can visit it which is something everybody was doing ever since godfrey went up i swear godfrey goes up and i see everybody suddenly going to madaga oh my god what <laughs> Hey, I don't know. It was just—it's <laughs> probably the algorithm, Daniel. You're like one of my photos from Hagen. Instagram gives you okay. Maybe he'll like these other photos. Remember the algorithm and how it works. I know how the algorithm works, but it feels like suddenly everybody's going to Mount Hagen. Fair enough. And I—I I have been noticing that a lot of people are up there, which is good. It's getting a lot of attention, and I think it should. But I definitely cannot wait to go there again. And according to my current line of work, it looks like I will be going there again in in the next couple of months. I'll be missing a couple of game releases, but I I don't mind honestly if I get to go there and visit again. Maybe the next time I visit, I will bring my Nintendo Switch, so it's just not gonna stay at the house and feel bored and sad and lonely all on its lonesome. But yeah, came back a month ago, and ever since then, I've been trying to just kind of refocus my life. It's one of those things where you know, I'm just trying to adjust back to Mosby. The the shittiest thing was the night that I came back. Um uh yeah, I went to sleep and then there was a blackout. Yeah, so in hot Mosby. In hot Mosby. Um I, I've told you this many times before Daniel, but in in Hagen you don't need fans. Nobody needs a fan. It's it's just you step outside, it's like 12 13 degrees at night. It's 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 beautiful most times i would just like 
I'd be in my sleeping clothes, which is just like a t-shirt and shorts, and I'd just sit outside for a bit to chill myself so that I can go back inside and then just knock out. It was amazing. But here, I was in the same clothes, and I tried to get sleep, and fucking PNG Power decides to do a backflip, and then there's no power for the night. And then I just scream inside my head, and it's not pleasant. The point I'm trying to get at here, it was just a nightmare trying to readjust to the heat and the schedules and man, like you guys have probably noticed that I haven't been back to doing my daily vlogs. So I'm, I'm, I'm questioning whether I should or shouldn't because right now I'm just trying to iron out a lot of the other bumps in my life at the moment. And also I'm trying to put together a documentary and that's a little difficult. But I've also been watching a lot of movies lately, which is kind of just a, a coping mechanism for myself just to help me readjust. And it's been working. It's been really nice. I've been watching uh, this Netflix show that's based off a, a webcomic. Is that, is that the correct yes, way to say yes. yeah. it? Uh, based off a webcomic called Sweet Home. The Netflix show is obviously under the same name. And it's been surprising me. It's been surprising me. Um, mostly because of the practical effects and the horror that is being used. There's a weird amount of blood at some points, at, at some scenes. I mean, it's Korean horror. I love that they're going full throttle with the... No, but it's like, it's, and... it's, it's, it's like a, a hilarious amount of blood. Oh. Like, it, it kind of like, just like ruins the moment. Like, two levels of blood. No, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Like, when someone gets, like, a nosebleed, it's like someone put, like, two nozzles in their nose, and it's... Oh, Jesus. It's spraying out, yeah. Yeah, but apart from that, it's been really good. I've been really enjoying how it's basically, obviously, since it isn't Western cinema, it's Eastern storytelling, and it's based on pre-existing material. So I, I'm liking the characters that have already been established and how they're not following very Westernized tropes, which is really cool. There's like this... Uh, this badass feminine hero who's a firefighter and 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 like she she asked this guy out this like nerdy like this nerdy fucking weird looking guy and i don't know it's just it was very endearing to Ooh, find weird looking jesus <laughs> sorry you did you, you you should fucking see him in the thing i mean okay he's not that bad looking but it was very nice to see a depiction of that on screen where the attractive female asks the not so attractive male out you know, sometimes, sometimes maybe that happens in life. You know, Some, sometimes maybe in America it doesn't. Um, don't know why. Um, but yeah, no, it was good to see that depicted on screen. It was very nice. And I'm on like halfway through the entire show and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. But Daniel, I understand that you're actually a fan of the source material. Yes, I read through, I think, what was most... Of the web webtoons, like I, I, I caught up to it, like I read up to a certain point, and that's what was all released at that at that time. But I haven't gone back and read everything. But mm. so far, from what I'm seeing, it's uh, following the story uh, uh, pretty like closely. A couple of characters that don't exist in the comic are making appearances, but they're writing the, but they they feel like they're fitting them in nicely. Mm. It it helps a lot with the story, and yeah, it just. It, it looks like a fantastic adaptation. I remember I lost my shit when I saw the trailer. I was like, wait a minute, is this the same Sweet Home yeah. that I read like last year? And I was like, oh man. Sorry, we both saw that and then you told me to download it because I'm your yes. download mule apparently. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I did. 
because I've been really enjoying it so far. First two episodes, very slow, very slow. But, you know, most of these are because they have to establish a world and establish characters. They usually, and yeah, yeah. Once it gets past all of that, like, clunk, everything else kind of starts flowing a lot more smoothly. And I'm really enjoying where the story is going. And I can't wait. Yeah. Man, really good. Um, I've also been watching. There's technically a new trilogy of movies that Netflix has come out with. It's, um, it's called Fear Street. And I'm going to be honest, when I saw the trailer for this, when the trailer released, I don't know, a month back, it was, it was quite a while before I flew out, I thought it was trash. I thought it was just going to be terrible. Oh my God, it looks so stupid. And I mean, it was based on R.L. Stein books. Not shitting on the R.L. Stein books, but I didn't think that they would go as hard as they did. I thought it would be very light PG-13 horror, you know? I mean, we've seen all the Goosebumps shows. You remember how cheesy those were? The Goosebumps shows? shows. Which ones were these? The The animated ones? No, the live action ones. Which ones were those? Oh my gosh. There's so many. The Goosebumps one, like the kid with the cursed mask and... I'm trying to remember if I've seen this. I'm pretty sure I have, but I can't pinpoint it. Yeah, no, I feel like it's one of those things that if you saw footage of it, you'll flash back immediately. Okay, but I'm pretty sure those were good. But I, I don't know, just something in me, seeing that trailer just didn't seem very noteworthy and then flash forward to uh, me deciding to watch the first installment of this trilogy fear street part one 1994 and yeah my entire opinion has just been flipped on this entire thing it's it was great just to put it to put it bluntly 1994 the first part of this netflix horror trilogy fear street which is an adaptation of the rl stein books of the same name yeah it's great it's amazing at subverting horror cliches. Sometimes, I guess you could call it a pastiche at some points, because it's also mocking these past horror tropes, which a lot of things can do. A lot of movies, a lot of... Any sort of medium can poke fun at horror, and it probably has at some point, but this kind of... It does it in a very... It does it in a way where it's not shitting on its predecessors. Yeah, it's almost... Like, the entire storyline, it's kind of mixing and matching a lot of supernatural elements, slasher elements into it. And I think it's doing it very smartly. And also, those fucking kills. There are some brutal. good kills in brutal. this movie. This, the entire... Like, they, they do not. They absolutely do not hold back in this movie. In, specifically, in 1994. Yeah? Anything else you want to say about it before we I move on to the one that I really want to talk about? <laughs> Well, 1994 is very good. It pulls a Scream 1 on you. It pulls a Scream 1 on me. I saw that coming a mile away. Oh, my gosh. As much as I love Maya Hawk, and I love Maya Hawk. I love Maya Hawk. Ever since, she was was the only good thing about Stranger Things Season 3. And I guess Steve. Steve was also good. Yeah, but Steve was a good thing in Season 2. Like, he's been, like, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, like, okay. She, She was the best thing. In season three, she was she was fantastic, but then it was it was so it was good seeing her here again. Obviously, she's like she came from Netflix, obviously, so they're probably gonna yeah. use her in a bunch of other IPs. But it was great seeing her and seeing that fake out. Sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen ninety four. Oh, we won't say what it is, but uh, uh, what else did you like about it, Daniel? Ah, uh, the kills are good. Uh, I was I liked the story. It didn't seem it didn't feel like something I'd seen before. Like familiar, Honestly. Tr- familiar tropes and elements, but the way it was arranged was very yep. different and new. It wasn't derivative, which is yeah. what I really loved about it. Obviously, like you said, the story elements and uh, plot points they were t- obviously taken from 
like horror icons before, but just the way it was moved about and reshuffled, I thought it was super smart, and I really enjoyed it. It almost gave me Cabin of the Woods vibes in the sense of oh, how yeah. how things are mixed together. And yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely Cabin in the Woods without feeling too meta. Yeah, like obviously Cabin in the Woods is like peak horror, peak meta. <laughs> but this one, like I, I bring up the term pastiche again, it's basically like parody but sincere. And I, I definitely felt that throughout the entire thing. And I was extremely, extremely pleasantly surprised. And then, part two came out. It's called Fear Street Part 2, shocker, 1978. And this one, this one has to be my favorite, my personal favorite. It has to have some of my favorite horror protagonists that I've seen in a very long time. I guess... I mean, in a in a new IP, right? Yeah, in a new IP. Because yeah. you can't really count like Laurie Strode or her daughter or her granddaughter it's in still, New Halloween. It's still part of a franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, it was great. It was great. I love the characters in this. I love the writing in this. You you definitely feel that a lot of the. I want to say, the children in part two, because there are a lot more children in part two than there are in part one. Yeah, yeah. You can feel a lot of King's writing and Stephen King's writing influence. How did you describe it as? Children being horrible to other children. That's it. No, yeah, yeah. basically that's it. In in the second one, definite, there's definitely a lot more children being complete little shit dicks to other children. And it's it's all over the place. And it's kind of very... I don't want to say accurate because I think that... that, that it's fucking, realistic. It's realistic. It's realistic. It's realistic. But I, 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 I loved it. I loved it. And not the kills in this one were not as creative. But mm. they were quite brutal. Just very dealing with brutal, the subject matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like I, I'm gonna go back to the characters, the two main two main characters. I would say the two main characters in this one. I love them. I love them. Just the chemistry between them, and the chemistry between them and the other actors in the show. There were some very good supporting actors in this one. Honestly, like, yeah. honestly, that they they the supporting actors do a stellar job of sticking out and being very well written and strong. But then, obviously, stuff happens to them, but we won't, we won't spoil that. Because it's a horror movie, and we all know what happens to the supporting characters who aren't the final girl. I hate it. I hate it that this show actually does a really good job of making almost all of the characters extremely likable. And then... <laughs> Part one. Sorry. It's okay. No, we can't bring that up. But yeah, it does a good job at being a very well-written horror movies. Two of them. Both of them, I'd say. And part three is coming out... Part three is coming out tomorrow. Technically, it's us. I've got a, I've got a t- tab open on my laptop that's a literal countdown to when it's open. Because oh, I'm because I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that the second it comes out. I love it. I love it. But yeah, that's um, Fear Street. What I what I kind of the show that I've been kind of so, I'm just not show movie. It feels like it's weird because it's it's a serial it's technically. Se- Their movie I call it movie length episode. It's like a mini series, but each episode is its own movie. Honestly, right? Uh, Do you know that um. Like I told you this before, right? Disney had the rights to these movies. Ah. But then I think after looking at the subject matter, and they were like, fuck it, no, we can't release this shit. We can't be Disney if we release this. So then they just sold it to Netflix. Oh, that's why it's coming out piece by piece. Because if it was a Netflix series, everything would be out in one go. But then technically yeah. movies. Originally, they wanted to bring, they wanted to release one of these every year. Can you imagine? Oh that? God! How how dare you? That's the thing. <laughs> I don't. don't. I, can, I love this. I love this, but I don't think these movies are that big to warrant such a yeah. Spaced out maybe release. if you had like a more star-studded cast, you could pull that off. Oh no! Fuck it! Or I don't want to replace. I don't want to replace any of this cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I, this I cast. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Honestly, that's the. My gosh, 
it's just I'm I'm glad that Netflix got this deal and I'm glad they're putting this out. And I'm glad they're doing the week by week thing cuz it builds up tension. I I'm always a fan of, you know, what's that thing called like original re- like release schedules where it's like weekly mm-hmm. weekly weekly. I've always been a fan of that because I love going on the internet and talking to random strangers about episodes. It's the funnest thing like to me. I, I've always loved it. And I love talking to my friends about it and something like this, it's just right up my alley with a uh, serial of movies. That's horror. Oh yeah. About slashes and about supernatural elements and that's just I love how they're just blending so nah. many cool things into it. Especially part two, it's right up my alley. I'm a big fan of slashes and honestly, they part two is pretty much Friday the thirteenth. It is. The I, setting is Friday the thirteenth. Honestly, like okay, I I, I I love that setting and I love that, but I don't think I love it as much as you do. That's why mm. I was shocked to surprise that to be I was shocked. To find out that this is actually my favorite one, the second one, it was just because the, of the quality of the writing, it was absolutely stellar, and it won me over in the second one. But yeah, I think we've gushed over Fear Street enough. Um, Daniel, have you been catching up with anything? That's right, we forgot to mention if we were going to be talking about video games that we've been catching up with. We didn't write what that down. Have I, I been? I mean, you know me; I've only just been playing Doom. Ooh, and and, and Doom. So Ooh. nothing, nothing new. Speaking of, sorry, I just want to bring this up. Out of nowhere, I can't really explain where this fell into my ha- hands from, but I have access to a PlayStation 4 now, and I've been playing PS4 games, not just a Nintendo Switch. So my good friend and co-host Daniel has given me his copy of Bethesda's Doom uh, that was released in 2016 for me to play. And I've been having an absolutely stellar time with Doom, even though I've only played it twice and Dan had to be here for those because I... Honestly, like, I just want to bring up this point. I'm terrified to play that PS4 in my house because of the nature of blackouts in this city alone. And I will go back to the point where I think, and I want to make this a promo, I think the Nintendo Switch is the perfect console to be played by anyone, any gamer, in this, in this, in this city. For the fact that, A, it doesn't rely 100% on power. It's got a battery, basically. It's portable. You can switch it, as the name suggests, from the screen to handheld mode in literally seconds. And also, I want to bring this up, the games that are available on it, massive variety, and also, they aren't pushing 50, 60 gigs to download. The, the games are small enough because the game, I mean, the Switch obviously doesn't run the best graphics. Mm-hmm. And did I just say graphics? Graphics. The Switch obviously doesn't run the best graphics, and I've always come from a place where I didn't really care what the graphics settings for my games are. Because, you know, this is me playing potato playing on my potato when i was growing up skyrim on the lowest settings possible man as long as i got to play it i i loved it and i don't know a testament to good game design and writing is that no matter what it looks like you can still have a great time with it which is another reason why i enjoy metroidvanias and side scrollers above mostly most any other games (laughs) so that's why i'll always advocate for the nintendo switch being the best console to be played to be played by anyone in the city unless there comes a time where um we can address the constant power issues that we have in this entire country because if there's anything that i learned it's obviously not just like fucking port mosby that has these power issues it's everywhere in the bush and even more so and it makes us and makes me think that the power issues that we're having here are completely fucking minuscule like we get blackouts that last an hour to two hours. Mm. They get blackouts that last for a, a week, three weeks. We Graham and I went to a place that has had blackouts for two years. I mean, it's been one constant blackout. <laughs> There's power lines and posts that have nothing running through them, that have had nothing running through them for the past two years. That's very misleading. 
There's children there that don't even know what the power lines are for. And then when we got back, we just looked around at the city that we lived in. We looked at our houses and we were just like, what the fuck is that? We're like, oh, people take this for granted. I hope one day we get to address these issues. Or maybe if we just keep on addressing them like this, uh, someone... Yeah, make enough noise and suddenly it becomes an issue. Oh, wow, people are actually bothered by this. Oh, we should do something about this. You think? God damn it. Because I'm one... like, oh, election time, so... I've got to help someone. Put some money somewhere. Man, wasn't there this great, this fantastic video about voting the right people in that one of our friends made? Oh, Oh, yeah. Bethany Harriman, yeah, yeah. Man, such a great guy, honestly. If you guys haven't seen that video, it's on... um, Newnet's Facebook page. Newnet, this is a great company that um they're doing great stuff and handling accessibility to information. Great guys, amazing guys, amazing guys. But yes, Daniel, is Doom all you've been playing? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I I find myself replaying the hardest level on the hardest difficulty just over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. there's something in the Doom games called the Ultra Nightmare Run. Where it's the game on the hardest difficulty and you only have one life throughout the entire campaign. So if oh you gosh. die, you have to go back to the beginning. Oh my gosh. There's, there's and it's also on 2016, so if you get and, good enough. And there's there's a mode in both Ori games. Ah, yeah. yeah. I, want, yeah I, I wanted to ask, yeah. Is there a, Oh, nice. Hardest difficulty. It's like literally Last of Us is grounded, right? Hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. And if you die, it's permadeath. Reset, permadeath. It's permadeath. But for a game like this where you die literally like every two seconds... Skills, yeah, skills. Speaking of Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, I finally grew some balls and decided to play Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the sequel to the game Ori and the Blind Forest. And, yeah, I cried <laughs> at the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game, and the ending of the game, and, and the points between... Wait, the... did you finish it? I finished it. Oh! I finished it last, like, yesterday or something. Oh, yeah, shit! Actually, the day before yesterday, I finished it. And I, I recorded my entire progress on my new capture card that I got. So expect a review for that really soon on, on, on top of the small pile of reviews that I've been writing that. for all the other games. Freaking Spotify. Hey, no, that's almost out. I just need to put B-roll. I just need to uh. shoot B-roll, which probably I'll get your help with today. But that's all I've been playing. I really haven't been playing anything else. I started playing Far Cry 4. That's actually quite wonderful. I'm getting a lot of Far Cry 3 vibes. It's not as great. It's definitely more polished in terms of mechanics, but it's not as fun. Also, there isn't like this bald guy with tattoos who screams at you, do you know the definition of insanity? Which is something I miss from Far Cry 3. Was he bald or did he have a mohawk? Oh, he did have a mohawk. Yeah. Sorry, yes, I forget his name. I was like, Voss didn't, Voss wasn't bald. Yeah. He had a mohawk. But that's what I've been playing. That's a, that's all you've been playing. And for this next bit, I would like to join our friend in the corner who's playing Ori in the Blind Forest, Graham Inui, to come to the table with us and discuss a movie that's been recently released yes, across the world on Disney Plus and in Paradise Cinemas, where they probably charged 40 to 60 kina for a premiere. Lies. Really? Yeah. You know, the usual premiere deal and free popcorn that you have to wait Oh, I thought for. it was a whole, like, new price thing because of COVID. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, yeah, yeah, they give the popcorn and everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it must have been pleasant. But, man, we're talking about Black Widow. Yay! That's it. The first Marvel movie to release in, uh, like, a whole year. What, what was the last one? last one was... It's Far From Home. No. Last one wasn't Far From Home. I think we've just been. Movie. I think yeah, we've been watching the the, the mini series is too much, and it because it was far us. from home. Wonder Vision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Loki episode five, and then this, ah. and then Loki episode six. 
But yes, yeah. Black Widow, mm-hmm. the first movie to be released from Marvel since Phase 3's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which yeah. was, eh. The second half of the movie was definitely a lot more enjoyable mm-hmm. than the first one for that movie. But this one, I'm glad to say, for me, I fucking, I liked it. I liked it. It was nice. It was beautiful. I love the family. I, I, I loved, I loved fucking, what's her name? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. She's amazing in anything that I will see her in. I loved her in Midsommar. I loved her in whatever I'm going to watch her in next. <laughs> He's only seen two movies with her in it. She's hey, beautiful. I've only seen one, and that's the one that we're talking about now. Oh, she's Honestly, so adorable. You're missing like, out, mm. man. Yeah, she's no. such a good actress. Speaking of someone... Into mm, your mic. Just hey, yes. See, speaking of someone who's seen two movies of her, she's perfect. You're not wrong. Neither. Oh, she's also wrong. in Little Women. Little. <laughs> Is it a movie? Yes. Oh, I don't think I've it's seen not, it. It's not about... Short women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is kind of small and nice, and but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a very nice round face. Mm. She's just very pretty to look at, and I say this as a person who isn't straight. Like she's a, she's very yeah. nice to look at. Yeah. Like she's nice. Also, okay. with that accent and all the interactions she had with Natasha, I just had I not known she was British, I wouldn't have known that. Like, because the accent was so good, I didn't, I wouldn't have known that she was wasn't a European actress or something like that. She's amazing. Because it's a really oh, good yeah. accent. She's British. Sorry, Graham. Yeah, she's British. She's British. <laughs> <laughs> you you know. Do you like her na- um, even more now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do. She just like completely <laughs> blew me away in all of her scenes. She was just, she was just, she's probably uh, like, uh, when I first started this movie, obviously it's because of um, Scarlett. Scarlett. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I love her. And then walking out of this, I'll probably rewatch it just for Florence Pugh. She's fucking fantastic. I loved the intro sequence. Yes. Yeah, just... It sets up the entire dynamic with the family, even though you you, you kind of get the feeling that it's not 100% the truth. And you see that fade away. You see that facade fade away. And it's all played out very visually. Like, no one's really explaining what's going on. Mm -hmm. You're just picking up where they're going, what they have to do. And by the end of that intro sequence, you, you, you know what's happening. Oh shit, it's like that just happened. Yeah. And I think that was, it was very smart. And I, re- I really enjoyed that. And then I guess from that point, it's a little slow, obviously, until mm. she goes back to... Budapest, the Budapest. Budapest, <laughs> until she goes back there. And then the action starts to kick up again. And just, I also want to say this straight off, and I wonder if you guys agree with me. I thought the smaller, more intimate moments in the entire movie were better than all the action. Yeah. 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 Definitely. The scenes with the sister and the entire family dynamic. I just that the family. It's it's it was yeah. a very pleasant family, and I'm glad they didn't go for some obvious tropes and routes that some people might have seen coming with this. Like, Graham, for context, I'll just cut this out. I'm glad that the family, no one was betraying each other. I'm glad they were all on the same side. Yeah. Like, I thought the mother was... Yeah. Yeah, like... Because she said it herself. She's like a scientist, right? And mm-hmm. I thought of all of the characters, mm. she's going to be the one who betrays the family, but she doesn't. Yeah. And back into it. I'm glad that they avoided some of those tropes. Yeah. And I thought it was really nice. But, like, what else did you guys like straight off about the movie? What's the biggest takeaway from it? And why do you think people should see it? Uh, well, for me, it would have to be, like... It's just all the mushy stuff. Okay, I like that. I enjoyed it. It was nice. Because, you know, you think Black Widow and you're like, yeah, she's going to go. She's going to kick some ass. Everybody's going to die. And then she's with her family. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, 
yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, you know, neck snapping and blood everywhere. And then... Okay, it's a Marvel movie, turn it down. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know, but so was Deadpool. Yeah, I was expecting it to be all of that. And then instead of that, they like kicked me in the nuts. And your heart. And my heart. And my more of my heart. I cry both ways. I don't, yeah, you know... <laughs> That's, that sounded weirdly more kinky than I thought it would. I cried both ways. It's not supposed ways. to, both the ways. hell? <laughs> I cry both ways. Eat ice cream. <laughs> Eats feelings, no. Sorry. But no, I understand completely what you're saying. It kind of swaps out and makes the the heavier bits a lot more important than the action-y bits. Or just as important as the action-y bits are. Mm-hmm. We also get uh, a, an explanation to what actually happened in Budapest. Did you, yeah. did you guys like that? Not really. I want to... I will, die, I will die on this hill. We should have gotten a Black Widow, Hawkeye, Buddy Cop movie after Avengers 1. I swear to God. Mm. Okay, fair mm. enough. Fair enough. Not, I'm tired of mentions of Budapest. Show us what happened in Budapest. But yeah, overall, it was, it was nice. I enjoyed it a lot. It gave us a lot of closure, I feel, mm. especially yeah. like in terms of, oh, what was Natasha's early life like before she fucking dies in Endgame? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still don't really get an answer to that. But we kind of get a sort of hindsight look. Yeah. yeah. Where it, it, it's, it's, and I put this in air quotes, it's a story that takes place in real time whilst looking back at what's already happened yeah. with her and her family. And I think it handles that pretty okay. I think like the major thing for a lot of people when they watch this is just going to be what happened after. I mean... You know everything about what happened with Natasha after, but like what happened with the rest of certain characters that we can't talk about yeah. in the movie. But all in all, I think Black Widow is a very good experience. Do I think it's worth 60 kina? Maybe not. Um, mm. But if it's on, you know, Disney Plus, then again, not very many people can afford it, know how to use a VPN. But it was great, and I, th- I, th- I still think people should go see it. It's very sentimental and nice, and it's warm. Yeah, yeah. They they pull they pull an mm. X Men Origins Wolverine at the end. If any of you know what that means, yeah, they do, <laughs> and I don't like it. But I don't know. I, I I didn't have any quarrels with it. They didn't do it too terribly. Yeah, it was serviceable. It was it was all right. Yeah. I I liked it, but it, it 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 felt like that thing that they always do in Marvel movies, where you feel like this isn't the real version of the character. Oh yeah, no, they they pulled an Iron Man three there definitely. Yeah. If anyone you know what I'm talking about yeah. there, but. Like I said, I don't hate them for it. Like, it, 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 it serves the story. It seemed like that aspect of the movie wasn't the point of the story. I, I felt like the throughout the entire movie, the point of the story was the family. Mm. And for, if looking at it through that lens, I was very rewarded. And I, I, I loved the movie for that. It's good. And I will watch I well, well. I will watch it again purely for Florence Pugh. Yeah, no, it's an amazing movie, and I would recommend it to everyone. Mm. And I will watch it several times because I don't have a life. Jesus, okay, you didn't have to get that deep. <laughs> All right, but I guess that brings us to the end of that mini discussion of Black Widow. Gorea Mainui, thank you for joining us on this mini discussion. And. We'd also like to give a heads up to all our listeners. Um, we're going to have Graham on board to the next episode where he will be, uh, he and I and us and all of us in the present vicinity of the room will discuss something. We don't know what that is yet, but Graham likes to talk. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Do you, that- feel, do you feel attacked yet? Yeah, a little bit.
but you're not wrong. You'll be fine. You'll be yeah, fine. Right. We can't wait. You, we can't wait. You have in. Fuck. We can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Sorry. We can't wait to have you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this discussion, Graham. In a weird twist of events, ladies and gentlemen, Whoa. we should probably have <laughs> talked about this earlier on in the in the show. But we're going to talk about entertainment news and local news, otherwise known as the news. All right, so let's go through the more you know serious stuff first. Let's start with um some local news. Daniel, I hear we have another strain of COVID that has just entered our literal shores. Yes, literally yesterday. <laughs> literally, literally yesterday, the Delta variant of COVID has appeared in PNG. There isn't like a widespread like massive outbreak, but the uh, someone infected with the variant has entered the country. And basically, from what I know from the story, is that it was a ship captain from another country and they came in and he was infected and it was originally thought that all the crew members were infected but they did uh, they ran some more tests and uh, only four members of the crew uh, confirmed to have this variant of COVID and they are currently in isolation I think at PIH Lovely. but yes yeah but they are under isolation that's just down the road that's great okay I mean yeah you could okay. have just kept them on the ship but anyways but yes hmm. they are all <laughs> under isolation until they clear things up but if you don't know what the Delta variant is it's, it's basically the more dangerous one that's causing uh, a lot more of the recent deaths around the world so you know oh, yeah. how when when things when life forms are threatened, they tend to change their biology and get stronger to fight off whatever is threatening them. Yeah, so the thi- same thing, the same thing happens. Oh my god, to, Mike Tyson! I didn't know you were here. Well, yeah, the same thing happens to viruses when they're being killed off or when they feel threatened. They mutate into a stronger variant of themselves, a stronger strain. Then they start spreading. Then they start all over again to try and uh, attach themselves to the host and kill whatever they're trying to kill. So basically, that's it. So as of recording this, there isn't technically a massive outbreak. I'm fearful that we might go into another lockdown, which I really hope doesn't happen. I really hope doesn't happen. I hope they don't stuff this up, stuff up the quarantine, and somehow we get an outbreak. But as far as I can tell... These are the only four cases. This is confirmation that this strain or this variant is in the country, but they are dealing with it appropriately and, you know, following procedures, I hope so, to stop it from, you know, having a proper outbreak and things getting much worse. But yes, that literally happened yesterday. Jeez, okay. Not something to be worried about and or scared of at all. Um, It's good to see that when you're still going around the entire city, everyone's enforcing social distancing. Well, no, okay, maybe not social distancing, but mask wearing is still a very, very big thing. Like, it's becoming a norm right now. And that's that's good to see. Everyone's still sanitizing their hands. That's nice to see. I think, obviously, we could use a little more push with the social distancing, but, yeah, you know, we're not a very social distant people, as we've touched upon many a time on this podcast. Anyway, something more positive, some good news. Yes. Something more positive uh, that yes. isn't COVID. Also something uh, that happened literally yesterday. Um, honestly, right? Uh, so, Godfrey and I both uh, went on... Uh, well, we were both interviewed by Digicel uh, Loop PNG. Yeah. And yes, they ran a story about us uh, regarding the Not Culture podcast. That's it. You hear that, everyone? We made the news. Literally. Well, we're not quite... We're not sure if the story came out and aired already. Oh, but yeah, that's true. We have been interviewed, and I'm hoping that once they release it... Uh, on air for television they'll have it probably simultaneously uploaded onto the other platforms like youtube and social media so uh hopefully sometime after or probably by the time you're hearing this yeah uh hearing this recording of the podcast it should be out already so yeah that's it also i just want to put it out there and i want to push this any of you all watching 
we have our podcast on Digicel's Go Loud app. So that's another free app you can download. It 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 deals with a lot of local podcasts as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently David Mead has a podcast where he talks to like people about their like sporting like other stuff. rugby players and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, he's a rugby I thought he was a soccer player. Sorry, no, I'm I'm really bad at sports. <laughs> but sorry. I I I apologize if I offended anyone. Just know that sports isn't my strong suit. But yes, that good content is also on the yes. Digital Play. It's the Digital Play Go Loud yes. app. Yeah, yeah. So, you can get it. It's another yet another um platform that we have our podcast on and it's it's great. I love it. Thank you. To the team at Digicel, thank you, Carol, and thank you, Jason, uh, for having us on board. It was great to just talk to you guys. It's, it's amazing to be just surrounded by more creative people yeah. like that and in that environment. Although, I just want to say I was scared when we went up into those corporate offices and then everyone was quiet and looked at us like, <gasps> what are the creatives doing in here? They're not allowed in here. Oh, my God. I know, yeah, the atmosphere changed so much it's when we went upstairs. Snap. It's a snap. Uh. And just it went from climbing stairs, hey, where'd you get your pants, to, oh, my God, what the hell is this place? It was kind of scary. But glad that we did that. Hoping to do a lot more. <coughs> anyone else? Um, anyone? Just yeah, yeah. It was great. It also yeah. felt like a bit of a confidence boost. I'd say like it's nice to know that. Oh yeah. People listen to our stuff, and now we're on another platform, so that's nice. And yeah, yeah like uh, Jason Sawera at Digicel, he put this on LinkedIn, and for someone who doesn't usually use LinkedIn that much, Daniel, um, me. <laughs> You don't use it that much. You were confused you when people have adding. The app on your phone. I have it on my iPad, Daniel. I keep it off my phone so then I don't get distracted. What I'm trying to say is, it was great that like uh, he shared it on LinkedIn, and then like so many people were saying nice things to us. Have you seen the nice things people were saying to us? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've I've been I've been very scared of like I don't know, a day like this or a day that's coming close to this where. Soon, I'm gonna have to start caring about what people think, and I that mean, terrifies not me. Not necessarily. I mean, it's nice to know that they have opinions, and some of them are positive, and it's nice to see the positive ones first and like upfront mm. before the negative. So it's it's nice. It did. I guess it helps us feel like at least we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that what okay. we're doing so far is working, and it feels good. All right. No, fair enough. Maybe it's just me, but I'm expecting like just uh, seeing all the shitty reviews where it's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You guys talk about bullshit every day. I mean, yes, that's exactly what we do. If you want- and we, we, we made a disclaimer. That's literally all what we do. What the fuck were you expecting? Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry. What are you going to if you're going to pl- complain about what we put on the fucking box? Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for the. <laughs> Thanks for the, what do you call it, the reaffirmation. But, sorry, bringing it back, turning this into sincerity rather than sarcasm. Um, thanks to everyone who's been listening to us, I guess. Even though this is only just our ninth episode. We haven't even reached double digits, Daniel. We should, te- this should technically be the Stop, <laughs> Daniel. We can't do anything about that last, last episode. Uh, but yes, I just, sincerely... Thank you, everyone who's been who's been listening. We really appreciate it, and we hope you like the new content. And we hope that you like what we're trying to do with this new format. Speaking of which, <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, we're actually doing some interesting <laughs> things with the with the, with the format of the show. We're trying to at least. So, from what you heard this entire episode. 
it's just going to be a small discussion. We're going to separate all of our discussions and interviews and news pieces so that you guys can have a better uh, way of digesting our content. Mm. I think we think that's better because in the age of content on demand, I don't think you have to force yourself to sit through two hours of, dare I say it again, bullshit to get to something that you actually want to listen to. So we're going to try, try out this method and see if it works. And to round out the news this segment? episode, uh, yeah, to round out the news, Daniel, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Can you blaze over our news points and say how excited we are about these various many news points? This is entertainment news. So, thanks for that, Clueless Panda. So, E3 happened like I think a month ago, a while ago, but a lot of big uh, announcements were made. And Godfrey, I think you want to dive into the very first thing on this list. There is Metroid 5. It exists. It's real. It's called Metroid Dread. And it's coming out the same day, October 8th, as the new Switch model. Okay, I've been holding that in for a while now. Ladies and gentlemen, you might not know this, but I'm a very, 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 very big, big Metroid fan. And I have been, probably as soon as I picked up my first virtual console that wasn't a real console because I couldn't afford to buy one or look for one in POM because POM doesn't have good things like that. But I picked up Metroid Zero Mission when I was a, a, a wee, 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 wee boy. And I had such a fun time with it. And ever since then, I've been waiting for the fifth entry to this damn series so that I can finally understand what happens next. And Daniel, Metroid Dread is real and it's happening and I'm almost going to cry. How many console generations... Did we have to wait to get part five? To put this in perspective, the last entry to this franchise, to the mainline Metroid franchise, came out on the Game Boy Advance. 20 years ago! I have to say that again. The last entry to this game. The last, it, the, the last entry it wasn't a remake. It wasn't a remaster. It was the actual game written by the director or the, 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 that studio, right? Game Boy Advance came out in 2000 and two yeah and i played it fucking fantastic what's it called again the full title metroid fusion mm. there have been technically only five oh yeah four entries to this series there's the first metroid metroid 2 samus returns on game boy right yes game boy yeah like the first first ever game i've boy. played that one i've played that one yeah man there have been a lot of debates about which one is better metroid 2 or you know any of the other remakes that have come out um there was a pretty faithful one that came out on the nintendo 3ds called samus returns which i was gonna play until my uh my 3ds literally shat itself and then it does no longer refuse to do the work um and then there was another metroid 2 remake which is a fan remade version which is a lot more faithful to the uh, original game than i guess samus returns so i don't know probably i'll make that i'll play that one but then after that one comes super metroid which is arguably the best game in the entire series and then that daniel super metroid came out on the snes and the sequel to that came out on the game boy advance metroid fusion and then the sequel to that is coming out literally two three generations later so there's wii wii u ds 3DS, and then Switch. Yeah. So five. I mean, do you count all those generations? Different Technic consoles? Technically, they are generations. Like, yeah. in terms of, like, Nintendo's, like, separately yeah. on their generations. Yeah, so it was first, like, the regular DS. And then it was the DS Lite. And then it was the Wii. Then it was the 3DS? Is, is that when it came 3DS out? 3DS. 3DS, and then the Wii, Wii U, U, and then Switch. 
So all those things we just named, there weren't any other like Metroid game. I'm, I'm shocked. There weren't they, any mainline. I'm shocked they put it on a mainline console after all these years. Honestly, I'm shocked they even cared. This is this is the first this is the first time a mainline Metroid game is also on a technically home console yeah. since the SNES one. Yeah, since yeah. the SNES one, which came out in the nineties, twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah, twenty plus years ago. So, as someone who's been waiting for this for ages, just I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm almost a little bit heartbroken that um, it looks like I'll be out of the city and away from my Switch when this game comes out. Daniel, you might too. Played by ear. But I'll get it when I come back and I'll sit down and I'll probably abandon all my any other hopes and dreams just to play this game. <laughs> just for a bit. Just for a bit. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy about this. But yes, Daniel... Next up, did you want to talk about this next game? Uh, a little, a little, this little game called Halo Infinite, yes? Oh, yes, very little game, yeah. Mm. Fuck, finally we're getting a good Halo game. Wait, can I just ask you, how do you know it's good? Well, because <laughs> Look, I, I trust the opinion. Point blank, I just want to say, how do you know this is going to be a good game? First of all, it looks good. They've improved the graphics from that first ever look we had of Halo Infinite three years ago. Okay, okay. So I'm very happy that it's coming out. I'm very happy it looks fantastic. So yes, if you didn't know about Halo Infinite, think the Halo games, but now open world. Now there's been a lot of like backlash and like in the community, all like, oh, is it really? Wait, excuse be me, what? I, I didn't know I didn't, this. I didn't hear about this open world. Yeah, dude, fucking, I was in the village for all of E3. Excuse me. Oh, I thought you meant I was in the village for the past three years when they said it was an open world for the past three years. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Can you explain to me? Unjudgingly, please. But yeah, think of Halo Combat Evolved. Think of those levels where it's just you as Chief riding in a warthog around these big maps. And yeah, that's the entire game of Halo Infinite. Do you get like side quests and shit? I think so. I mean, if it's a good open world game, it has to come in side quests. We don't know yet. They haven't really shown us much gameplay footage of Hmm. the quests and how the open world will feel. We've seen a lot of multiplayer Hmm. Uh, stuff being announced, but I'm really happy because some of the improvements in multiplayer that they do, like uh, the armor looks much better than it did in 5 and 4. Uh, there's going to be bots in local multiplayer, much like COD. Apparently in... that's that's groundbreaking for Halo? No, that really is, because when you in old Halo, if you just had two controllers, it's just the two of you running around in this big map. But that's now, true. No. much akin to COD, now you can assign bots, so now it feels like a real game, and okay. it feels like, and now you're playing it as like how it's supposed to be played. But if you haven't seen the gameplay uh, or the recent footage that they have released, it looks really good. It looks really nice. From what I can tell, the story, uh, everything is still following the same path. There's no retconning. Uh, Cortana's still crazy and gone. There's a new Cortana. Chief is now on a new Halo. I think this is a new Halo. I thought they destroyed all of them. And if you're familiar with Halo Wars 2, uh, the Banished have returned. So now we're going to get to see Master Chief face off against the Banished, who, if you didn't know who they are, they are a uh, offshoot of the Covenant. Think uh, the Brutes. They weren't being treated fairly, so then they broke off from the Covenant. But the Brutes do that in 2 as well, don't they? No, they're still the Covenant's bitch in 2. They become the main guys in the Covenant. Remember, after this, after the Elites leave, and then the Elites have their own faction in 3. Oh, you haven't played 3. But the Elites form their own faction in part 3. But 3 was good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3 was fantastic. Okay, I need to finish 3. But yes, they will. it looks like they will be the main uh, antagonists in Halo Infinite, which I think is coming out this holiday season. I'm not entirely sure, but yes, it looks good. 
The fan community is very happy with it. I'm happy with it. The game looks great. The customization op options for multiplayer look yes. amazing. It's very much like Halo Reach, which I'm very happy about. The classic art style has returned. Steve Downs is, of course, still doing the voice of Master Chief. And I if you watch the recent trailer, he does a fantastic job saying mm. his lines in us. Just feels like Chief again. And uh, yeah, so yeah, Halo Infinite coming out soon. Very happy about it. Looks good so far. Okay. But I will also wait until uh, proper gameplay of the open world and its open world mechanics to properly judge how the main story is. All right. And honestly, it's also made me seriously consider getting an Xbox Series X. Hmm. You know, speaking of, you know, getting new hardware, Daniel, and, and uh, I'm just going to beautifully segue this into our next news topic. It sounds like you need some ace hardware to run this new game hey it's fucking terrible and i sound like a 30 year old um enter this new piece of hardware that was released this morning while we were all asleep and dreaming um daniel thoughts on the steam deck which is basically valve's nintendo switch or as i like to call it the the switch pro that uh nintendo isn't making so just to give a bit of context <laughs> Months leading up to this, uh, a lot of sources were saying that a new version of the Nintendo Switch would be coming out. And a new version did. I just want to put that out there. It is coming out, but it just looks prettier. There's no general like performance improvements. As far as we can tell, it's not as powerful. Like There's no like performance yeah. or power improvements. It's all aesthetics. Yeah. But, like what Godfrey was saying, what was released what, while we were sleeping out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. Seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, is it Valve? Valve. Valve, yeah. Valve has released Steam. some new hardware. Well, yeah, Steam, Valve. It's, yeah, yeah. It's under the... Valve yeah, Steam yeah. Deck. Yeah, that's what they call it. The Steam Deck. The Steam Deck. Now, to describe it, think of what a Nintendo Switch looks like. Now, think of it slightly wider... And yeah, that's thicker and chunkier, and it's got good size and grips. Yes, yes, it looks very chunky and thick. It's basically, and because it needs to be, because it's pretty much a gaming PC in your hands, and it's portable. Pretty much. That's why I wanted to ask you, actually. Do you think a game like Halo Infinite could run on this? It should be able to. I hope so, because it's a new game that's coming out. I hope so. And if it does, then I'll just get that instead of the Series X because... Oh my gosh, wait. Uh, yeah, no, that would be excellent. Wait, that's right. You didn't watch that far into the video that I gave you. But the thing is, um, Valve is going to sell a dock separate for it where you can literally slide it in like the Switch and then it plugs outputs to a TV where you can connect a keyboard and mouse to and play. And you literally forget that it's a console. It's just a PC with a bunch of controllers at the side. That's what it is. It's running a custom version of Steam's OS, which is basically the store. And you can technically download and install other operating systems and other applications like the Epic Game Store. And you can get other games and play games on it because it's essentially a PC, like I said, with fancy, sexy controls and grips and programmable buttons at the back. Okay, yeah, I think I'm sold. I'm definitely getting the Steam Dock. I mean, if you can run the games that I have now, like if I, if it's just a simple file transfer oh, and I can play the exact same games I already have mm -hmm. on your PC, on, yeah. on my potato laptop, then yeah, sure. Yeah, can play. And then like everything off of the Steam store. So you can play... They were playing Control to test it out. They were playing Doom 2016 and Handheld. I think Doom Eternal as well. I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It was fantastic. So I just want to say that I... I'm getting this too. Yeah, but I'm still holding on to my Switch. Obviously, I'm never fucking letting go of that. Just because of the ex exclusives. And for the mm. fact that Dread is coming out on October 8th. And no force on heaven on earth 
is going to stop me from playing that game on that Switch. I think I'm a bit torn. I do want to get a Switch, but torn. But then the Steam Dock looks like so Natalie and Bruglia torn. The chick that sings torn. I don't know that. Lying naked on the floor. Sorry, continue. Imagine I didn't say anything. But yes, I am pretty much torn whether or not to get this. But thinking about it a lot more, I think I'm leaning more towards the Steam Deck. Definitely. Now, as someone who already has a Switch, yeah, I realize it was stupid of me to believe that I needed a new Switch. I was going to get Steam Deck, and I can finally fucking play Control on a PC. And being a handheld. like we're, It's like, it's basically... It's 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 Valve's Switch. This is Valve's Switch Pro, but more powerful, which is what everybody wanted. Something That's right. Um, just just a TLDR for the specs on this machine is that it can. I I don't know the correct way to state this, but it, it can handle up to. It gives out up to I don't know an output of up to two teraflops of power, mm. so that puts it on par and even slightly above Xbox One and PS4. Their power. So you can essentially... Some people were playing... Um, what do you call it? Death Stranding on PC. No, I should be specific and say... You can play on mouse and keyboard Death Stranding now. Or anything anything on the Steam store, you can play on this. Because essentially it's Steam's operating system running on Valve's hardware. Which is like... Valve, the, the Steam thing is... Their oh, software it's, is Steam. It's, theirs, it's their yeah. store, yeah. So... So yeah, it's coming out. End of the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. Did they mention pricing... So there's going to be three models coming out and the differences are that they're running on different internal storages. So the first one mm. is around 64 gigs. Second one is around 200 and something gigs. And then the third and final one is 512, but it also has a scratch proof display, which Ooh. is obviously the one I'm going to fucking go straight towards. And all of them come with internal upgradable memory. So you can plug in an SD card. Oh, that's lovely. It's, this is... This is the entire internet is on fire right now. Just this, this came out of nowhere. Nobody knew this was in development. I'm pretty sure a couple people did, but then no one paid attention until this thing came out. I feel like it wouldn't have made so much noise if if, 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 if the, Nintendo actually came out with their Switch Pro. If it wasn't so disappointing, <laughs> if the OLED wasn't so disappointing, not many people would be making as much noise as they are now. It's like, oh my god, it's real! Back. Oh, it's not. Wait a minute, it is real. Except Nintendo, Nintendo isn't, isn't making it. it. So yeah, all in all, I think I'm super excited. Uh, this has gone up to an hour and 20 minutes. I think we should wrap this up now. <laughs> Woo! So, Steam Deck Christmas? Steam Deck Christmas. <laughs> You're an asshole. <sighs> all right, but that wraps it up for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, we're tackling our formula and kind of trimming it down. This one's just going to be discussion and news. And in the next one, we'll have our friend... Graham Ainui on board to discuss he's in the background to discuss a thing we don't know what that thing is just yet but we hope you guys will have some time to tune in for that thanks for listening and yeah Not Culture is hosted and recorded by Daniel Levi and Godfreeman Captagal it's edited by myself and our music is created by the Clueless Panda I mean he's gonna come on board and help us with music today that's why he's here um we've got new episodes for you out every week that's right I'm gonna say it every week because, fuck, yeah. It's yeah. a promise. It's a promise. Now, it's putting me in the hot seat. This seat is very warm and I like it. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this one. And we'll see you all next episode. Ciao.